0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Sustainable Singapore on Money FM 89.3. This is Sustainable Singapore on Money FM 89.3, where we give you the latest news and views when it comes to sustainability and what matters to you. I'm Rachel Kelly. Good afternoon. Now, Singapore recorded its highest ever daily maximum temperature of 36.7 degrees earlier this year. And by 2045, temperatures in Singapore could hit. 40 degrees on some days. Now, rising temperatures are expected to become a norm as a result of global warming, and nature-based solutions can help with climate change and tackling these issues. To find out more about how technology can tie in with sustainability efforts, we're joined now by Kavita Prakashmani, who is the CEO of Mundine Nature. Kavita, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Great to have you with us. So let's start off because I understand news out this week. Mandai Nature has just been awarded quite a significant grant over one million U.S. dollars. That's about one point four million Singapore dollars. What are you going to do with this money and how is it going to help tackle climate change?
1: Thanks for asking. So firstly, we're very thankful to Google.org, the philanthropic arm of Google, for supporting the Mm -hmm. work uh, on nature-based solutions. Uh, And let's just start with a bit of explanation of what nature-based solutions are. As you mentioned, Mm. climate is uh, changing. We're seeing hotter days, uh, wetter days, and some places you're seeing droughts, and some places you're seeing uh, a lot of rain. And This climate is being changing because of increasing levels of carbon dioxide Mm. in the in the atmosphere. Now, nature uh, can provide 30% of the solution because every time we protect forests or mangroves or peatlands, these ecosystems absorb uh, carbon and they sequester carbon. They keep it secure within the soil, within within the plants, within the roots. So it's very, very important for us to be protecting these ecosystems and habitats uh, to protect us from climate change per se. So we are very keen here in Southeast Asia, which is home to about a third of the tropical forests of the world, a really large expanse. We have a lot of coastal areas, so about mm-hmm. 35% of you know, the mangroves and coastal mangroves and peatlands are also here. So if we can protect them, then we can actually sequester carbon, but also protect nature, protect our wildlife and benefit communities. So we are a coalition of eight environmental NGOs who have come together to create the SEAM Coalition, the Southeast Asia Climate and Nature-Based Solutions coalition to work on nature-based solutions in the region.
0: And Kavita, I understand that as part of this grant, you're going to be developing an open-source web-based mapping tool to identify areas in Southeast Asia that hold the key to these carbon reduction areas that you've mentioned, you know, biodiversity, whether it's mangroves, peatlands. How exactly is it going to work? Where are you at the development stage?
1: So we're starting out, and I think exactly mm-hmm. like you said, the uh, the need right now to develop these nature-based solutions is to identify where we should be mm-hmm. working, which areas to protect, where is there the highest potential. Uh, so we will be looking at mapping, and, and a lot of our partners, uh, which includes you know WWF, uh, Nature Conservancy, Conservation International, WRI, WCS, have for uh, many years been mapping where we have intact forests, where is wildlife. Uh, living, what do these coral reefs, mangrove areas and key biodiversity areas look like? Where is their resilience? So we're literally visually going to map these onto geographies, but we're also very keen that we provide triple benefits, not just uh, look at climate change, but also conserve nature and benefit the local community. So we will overlay on these maps, not just the climate potential, but also nature conservation potential and where communities work and live. So once we have that overlay we can then say which geographies might have the highest uh, potential and drive investment towards those so we can develop projects on the ground working with the local communities and governments. We can also encourage investors who are investing in carbon projects to Prioritize uh, these areas okay. and we can ensure that we get the benefits that we need.
0: Can you provide us with some more examples of some of the projects that we might see come about as part of this, perhaps Singapore-specific?
1: Yes. So I think a lot of effort is going into developing projects on the ground and okay. I think in Singapore itself, uh, led by uh, uh we do have numerous efforts being made. For example, in the, uh, the National Parks Board, NPAC has been working on uh, the Plough Uvin area mm. to look at the northern coastline and restore mangroves uh, along the southern coastline as well. So this is really about saying the ecosystem and, and in Kranji where we have uh, uh, traditionally had a lot of uh, mangroves. So we're planting 800 trees and shrubs in that area as well. So once you start looking at the ecosystem around uh, Singapore, These mangroves not just help sequester carbon, that is, you know, capture carbon, but will also help in the resilience against climate change. Singapore being an island, uh, will see sea level rises encroaching into the island state as uh, climate change hits us, and these mangroves help protect against that. And then, of course, we have the Million Trees Movement, uh, which the n is also championing, where a lot of citizens and different institutions are helping plant a million trees in the city state to help both reduce, uh, you know, the impact, the heat that you were talking about. It mm-hmm. will be cooler with more trees, but also sequester carbon as we go ahead. So efforts are
0: being made. I love that million tree movement. I actually just planted a family tree under the million tree movement just a few weeks ago. It's, It's a fantastic initiative and more people should go online and check it out and find out how you can go and plant a tree and take part as well. The family tree movement is for children, I think, that are under two Or three years old. I did it for my daughter that was just born a few months nice. ago, and it's just such a wonderful project for everyone to get involved. So let's move on now. Kavita, perhaps you can talk to us about how AI and tech uh, can play a critical role in protecting nature and tackling climate change.
1: So I think technology has a very important role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like we said, this is one about identifying where we uh can host these projects, but also right. about measuring and monitoring the mm. uh, long-term impact of the projects that we're doing. Because the biggest concern we have right now is saying you can do tree plantation, for example, like we were talking about, yeah. or more holistically restoration of, uh, of these ecosystems and forests. But how are we to know that it is actually uh, having the impact that those trees are surviving, that you know, wildlife is flourishing in these areas, so a lot of technology is now being deployed in that uh, specific area. For example, you have camera traps, which will look at the species that might be inhabiting it and whether more of them are coming in or what's happening to the change. Uh, you might, we're now looking at acoustic uh, measurements to say if you had an acoustic uh, receiver on in, in forest, then you can hear when there might be you know, chainsaws cutting down trees or you might be able mm. to hear the birds and measure them. Uh, we're using satellite and drones uh, to monitor forest, uh, forest areas. And then artificial intelligence in that context can allow us very quickly to use the data to disseminate it to say, are we seeing certain species or are we seeing certain forests come up? So there is that really big area of work that we're doing both in conservation of nature, but also in, in climate measurement. That helps tremendously with uh, with the broader conservation NBS agenda.
0: So, Kavita, once these areas have been mapped, as you mentioned, nature-based solutions can be developed. But surely some form of best practices would be needed to help guide these solutions.
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly the second thing that we will do as Mm -hmm. a coalition is to say... Uh, We keep saying that we should be maximizing on climate, nature, and Mm. people. But the question keeps coming back is how. How do these projects actually come together? So the eight organizations will be putting together a guide based on the experience of their own projects on the ground and others that are happening to guide uh, potential project developers and nonprofit organizations and communities who are keen to develop nature-based climate solutions. So it will help them say at different stages, what are the kind of efforts you need Mm -hmm. to do? How do you measure nature or or, uh, work with communities to ensure that communities benefit at different stages? And so that guide in terms of designing, implementing and measuring is something that we will definitely be putting out as part of the coalition. The third piece, of course, then is to say once you know where to do Mm -hmm. it and how to do it, is supporting the organizations on the ground to actually deliver it. Um, So we will then be starting to see if we can work with the local uh, NGOs and other organizations on the ground to actually implement some of these and drive investments towards that.
0: So when can we expect this report to come out, Kavita? So we're looking at
1: an 18-month window. Um, At the end of 18 months, we should have a beta version of the uh, online tool. Wonderful. And a guide that were, that should be published and made publicly available. Wonderful. And we hope we'll have a lot of people looking at it and using it, whether they're companies, investors, communities, NGOs, to really drive the nature-based solution agenda in the Southeast Asia region.
0: Wonderful. Well, Kavita, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. We've been speaking with Kavita Prakashmani, CEO of Mundi Nature. You're listening to Money FM, eighty nine point three.